Clerics don't get enough respect and love. Historically, the last player into the group might be forced to play one to just make sure they had a healer. But 5th edition has changed that connotation. The wide range of options available to players now allows the cleric to fill multiple roles depending on the party's needs. So grab those crucifixes and don your full plate for this episode of Crypt of Knowledge. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypt of Knowledge. I am your host, Goose, and as always, I have with me Blake. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. How are you this evening? I am doing really well. It's a wonderful day to talk about clerics. Clerics. Yeah, we need a little healing. Everybody's favorite support. <laughs> they really are. And they're <laughs> so much more than a support, though. They get labeled that, but I've seen some pretty tanky clerics that can do lots of things. For sure. It's more of a generalization, but clerics are one of those classes. They can sort of fit a ton of different roles. They're versatile. We've talked so many times now about versatile characters, and I think that is one of the wonderful things about 5e. They have made all of the classes be able to fit into more stereotypes than did before. Like if you think back in 1st edition, 2nd edition, even 3rd edition, you were pigeonholed. If you were a fighter... You were a fighter. That was it. You couldn't cast spells or do any of the cool stuff that you can do now with subclasses. So it's it's grown a lot. I do like that. I, I like it as well. Just because you want to do a certain fit into a certain role or, or take up a certain spot in your party, it doesn't confine you to a certain class or anything. Pick whatever class you want. You can probably make it fit. Yeah, absolutely. The cleric is, of course, well known for their healing abilities, but you and I have both played with a cleric who rarely used those healing abilities. <laughs> it, it was more about being the tank and missing poorly with the sword that she didn't even have proficiency to use that we never even thought about that as we got through it. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of an oversight. But when she hit something with it, oh, yeah. it was serious. Oh, yeah. She did some major damage with that sword. But So there are all kinds of types. And, and that, I guess, is is the first question you, you want to ask when you talk about a cleric in 5e is... Who would enjoy playing a cleric? It's a good question. I would say if you enjoy being a support tank, maybe if your group doesn't have a druid or a bard or some other source of healing, they do that exceptionally. Mm -hmm. And they also have something that they're pretty well known for. I guess they probably share this with the paladin. Turn undead. Yeah, it's a big one. It is. If you're going to be in a campaign that is centered around undead, if you don't have a cleric in your party or, or paladin or both, yeah, you're definitely in trouble. Yeah, it, in the beginning, it's it's good. It does its job, but later on, it it really packs a punch. It can, and of course, with one D&D coming, we can't kind of leave that out of the discussion here. They're changing a lot of that and, and changing the way Turn Undead works, and we'll discuss it a little more as we get to Turn Undead. But uh, yeah, starting out early on, low-level undeads, it, it can pack a punch. It can help a party. Certainly can. And also, clerics are ripe with roleplay opportunities. If you want a, you know, a devout warrior or a, you know, a, a sage of some kind, or I mean, you can. There are all kinds of archetypes that you can roleplay with a with a cleric. Yeah, you can really get into some some depth because clerics are the one class left that really is the holy class. Paladins mm -hmm. still kind of fit in there, but. Uh, their oaths now have changed, so they don't always have to be these these holy warriors that they used to be. So, the, the cleric is that if you're if you're trying to pigeonhole yourself into <laughs> believing in a god and really trusting it and being the the faithful servant of this god, then cleric is is really the way to go. But even then, I guess it, you usually see it more so on the bad spectrum. Or you know, there there are clerics for a lot of evil gods. So. Sure. I mean, just as long as you got a god, I guess nowadays you don't have to believe in in the goodness of people. You can you can still be evil. Yeah. Uh. You know, there's a, a wide pantheon there, so 
sort of whatever your flavor is, whatever, you know, pick your poison. There's a god out there that stands for whatever it is that you're interested in. You know, I would say we should do an episode on the Pantheons, but it's Ooh. so long. It would have to be multiple episodes. I, <laughs> I don't know how you can narrow it down unless you just talked about the main key gods, but there are so many sure. other deities, lesser deities, and oof, it goes forever. We make a series out of it. There you go. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We like series here. We like to do those Absolutely. So yeah, playing a cleric is no longer just about healing because there are so many other classes that do a pretty good job of it and can still do something else. You know, the, like we mentioned the druid and the bard, I, even a wizard or, or warlock more specifically, if you take a warlock, you can subclass them into doing pretty decent healing along with the other damage they do. Which I think is super interesting for warlocks. And I really wasn't even aware that that was a thing until you did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that just blew my mind because warlocks just feel so, I almost said one dimensional, but that's not the right word. I mean, like, Elder Blast, you, yeah. You, well, you know, <laughs> when you roll up a warlock, you know what you're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So when you were healing it, that really threw me for a loop. But it's very cool. And it, it goes right back to what we said, like pretty much any class based on their subclass can do anything fit any role they're, it's, they're really good about that yeah with conversion things to 5e i think that was probably one of the biggest things that could allow more accessibility for everyone to learn how to play like what they wanted was putting in subclasses because it really has broadened the way every class plays in fifth edition so uh, you know, kudos we don't talk enough about things that wizards does right in that aspect, <laughs> I think they got it right. Subclasses were a huge boon for 5th edition. No, they really are. And they continue to expand upon that. And especially with like the UA coming out soon, or what even what they've released already, that continues to be what I feel like is their goal, is to enrich each class with a wide variety of subclasses that allow you to do a, a huge array of things. And I'm just, you know, I can't emphasize how big of a fan I am of that. Yeah, there were a lot of clerics in 3rd edition, 3.5, that, you know, that was, <laughs> you get a party together, everybody's got their class already picked, and they're like, hey, do you want to come join and play with us? We don't have a cleric yet. <laughs> and you just, you're like, Ugh, yeah, all right, I want to play, so I guess I'll play the cleric. <laughs> but, but it really isn't that way anymore. Clerics are really fun to play. They are, and yeah, now it certainly wouldn't feel like that. I don't think it's like, oh, you know, first of all, you would have a wide variety of classes to choose from if they were missing that sort of spot but you can do so many things with the cleric so it's not like we don't have a cleric well what do you have and then you can sort of build based on that it doesn't doesn't have to be just the healing like you would imagine or or like it used to be yeah it, it really has changed and i think that is we've said it several times now made the game more fun so but let's talk about how you build a cleric what's their most important stat you guessed it it's wisdom you got to be wise to serve your god. Makes sense, right? I think it does. Wisdom is their spellcasting ability, so that's going to be the thing that you have to pump up when you... I mean, I guess... Well, you'll be casting spells regardless. I was going to say, even if you were a more melee or physical damage-focused cleric in that way, then strength would probably be your secondary. Yeah. But you definitely want to go wisdom. Yeah, wisdom should always come first because, in the end, you are a spellcaster. You are not a a martial character, so you need that wisdom for when you do cast spells. Even if they're support spells, even if you're casting them to make your weapons better, whatever you're doing, it's important, especially as it gets later in the game, those spell DCs need to be high for monsters to not make them, so definitely get your wisdom to 20 fast as you can. And like you said, strength if you want to hit things hard, constitution maybe if you want to really buff yourself up and be a tank, if you're going to wear full plate and a shield, Maybe Constitution, but those would be the three. I can't think of anything else unless it's roleplay-wise why you'd really need it to be really high. Yeah, thankfully, playing a cleric is sort of a straightforward thing. You know, their their kit is iconic, so you know what you're getting, and as long as you've got three decent rolls when you're working on your ability scores, then you know where they're going. Mm -hmm. It makes it super easy. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, if you get lucky and you've got other good roles you might want higher intelligence or higher charisma if you're really going to be out there preaching about your god whatever you want to put it in <laughs> but for play wise the, the important ones definitely wisdom strength con that would be my three an evangelical uh 
<laughs> cleric would be pretty interesting. It would be. They're just out there knocking on doors. And do you, have you heard about my god? <laughs> I've always thought that like a a pastor type cleric would be really funny. <laughs> that sort of a cleric would be really fun to play. Just out there in the middle of your battle, preaching the entire time. <laughs> be yeah, my my man believes in the god that you're aware of, and he packs a big whipping. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, RP, just go crazy with it. But clerics are definitely fun. Get the wisdom set up, then do whatever you want with the rest. It's, it's kind of there. But as far as all the the clerics get all the same type of thing, their uh, hit die is a 1d8. So they're kind of in that middle range. So as a as a tank, you're not going to have the 1d12 of the barbarian or the 1d10 of the fighter. You can still have that full plate armor if you choose the right subclass. But your 1d8 is it's a little more squishy. It is. You can be a frontliner, and you generally probably will be, unless you're just straight up healing. But 1d8's okay. You know, I've got a druid that's 1d8, and he's got a ton of HP. I guess not compared to the fighter and the barbarian we just added, but, yeah. but still, it, it's a good amount of health, and it allows you to last quite a while out there in the fray of things. Well, in those two classes, cleric and druid, they have the ability to buff themselves and give mm-hmm. themselves shields and do all these other little things that it's not as big a deal that your hit die is a little bit lower because, again, you get the full plate and then you get the shield and then you add a, a holy shield on top of it and things like that. You're not going to get hit. And when you do, you'll take a little damage, but you're just not going to be hit as much. So it's not a big deterrent, but you just don't have quite as much of a hit pull as, as the top fighters do. Yeah, but you got way more to help mitigate that than, the, you know, a fighter or a, a whoever does. They, they just have, you know, whatever they're wearing and <laughs> whatever they rolled yeah. for HP. But, but like you said, you've got a, spells and all kinds of other stuff to help bolster your defenses. Yeah, and a lot of those abilities, too, you're going to be spending on the fighter and the barbarian and mm-hmm. keeping those guys buffed up as well. So you're, you're definitely considered a tank in most builds, uh, the basic one, as far as proficiencies, only comes with light and medium armor. But you do have shields, so it depends on if you, what subclass you go with. And currently, you still get to pick that subclass at level one, which is which is good. But you, if you go with a certain ones, you get the heavy armor right out the bat, and you can buff it up as much as you want. Still, medium armor and shields not too bad. No, it's not. Uh, you may have a hard time uh, affording. Um, heavy heavy armor right at the very beginning yes however you still have that to work with and it makes clerics one of the one of the most well-rounded classes right at the very very beginning of things Mm -hmm. they're proficient with all simple weapons that's not swords remember that does not include swords people (laughs) luckily though your shield counts as your spell focus it can correct you know that as far as like casting in combat that's a good thing to know it's it you know a smart choice to make and again it, it doesn't include swords but it does include maces so you can bonk things it's got clubs in there there are daggers there are boomerangs there are all kinds of things in there that you can use just don't try to use a sword <laughs> sorry sorry ash yeah you can train for that stuff can't you proficiencies you can yeah absolutely you can take the proficiencies in it on like the when you do your feats and stuff mm-hmm. You, you can definitely get those proficiencies. So it's not out of the question if you pick a different subclass of doing that, but just know at level one right off the bat you wouldn't have it. Yeah, it's it's sort of, like I said, the kit is super straightforward. It's not a ton of stuff to choose from right at the very beginning, but it's tried and true and it works. Yeah, and, you, and we talked about you know wisdom being the highest stat. They have proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws. So again, if you're charisma is not the highest you've got an advantage on those saving throws at least it may be a lower number but you got the advantage in there or again like we talked about if you're going to be the preacher pump that charisma up maybe and have some have some good rp with it yeah knowing that that's that's one of your two saving throws is you know could possibly be a reason that you would want to put one of your higher rolled stats into into charisma because at least you've got one of the big three saving throws in there you know at least you've got the wisdom but charisma comes up pretty often it does it, it does come up often but again it, you know, i'm not a big min maxer we've discussed this on the show before so 
you know, make your character how you want. I, I am a big fan of just understanding what your your main stat is for every class, knowing that you have to get that one high to be efficient, and then have fun with it. You know, again, if you want to build that preacher type character that's just out there evangelizing everywhere, then <laughs> make your charisma your second highest stat. Heck, get it both wisdom and charisma to twenty, and and just roll with it. Have fun. Yeah, that's important for us to to say is that a lot of the times when we're describing these sort of you know class breakdowns or something, it's really just to make you efficient because we're not. I'm a little bit of a min maxer, but Goose definitely isn't, <laughs> and. Some of our advice will go sort of in that direction, but you you absolutely don't have to. As long as you've got, you know, your main ability pumped up, and then that way you're not actively dragging your party down. As long as you can do what it is that your class is supposed to do, fill the role that you are occupying. After that, just have fun. Doesn't doesn't matter what your what your stats are or how you, you know, just RP and and have a good time. Yeah, this this is not a video game where you've got a min-max to try to win before you get to the boss so you have all the right stats. This is a role-playing game where you should be at your table having a cooperative storytelling time and just having fun. You do need that main stat so you can function as your class. Then after that, like we said, have fun. Yeah. There's there's nothing that says you have to, to have the best stats at all to be a good player. No, absolutely not. And then outside of saving throws, you've got Two skills you can choose from. They range from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. If it's me, and I'm playing a cleric, probably going to take religion as one of them. It makes sense. Yeah. You're a religious archetype, but maybe you're just a history buff, and you're, <laughs> the history of religion is what you like a lot, so sure. maybe not. Yeah, maybe you're well-read. Maybe you're a people person. Maybe you're good at reading people. Or Yeah. Maybe medicine is really important in your monastery or where you learn. So medicine feels like one of those that really makes sense. It does for me. Like it, it just feels like religion and medicine are the best fit. But again, it just depends on what you're going to role play as, because that's a lot of times where the skills come in. It's more yeah. the role playing aspect of it. So now also, what fits with your group? Maybe everybody else is religious in your group, and you don't need to be. <laughs> I mean, if you're out there evangelizing and trying to to get people to follow, you know, join your cause, then persuasion could be, you know, really advantageous. Yeah, no, absolutely could. <laughs> but we're coming up with all kinds of builds as we sit here talking, man. I've got I, we have to all keep kinds of things I'm ready to play, right? <laughs> going to roll up a dozen clerics when we get done here. That sounds good to me. So the main focus, again, we go back to it, is the spellcasting for a cleric, right? That's kind of yeah. what they're known for. And at first level, you know, three cantrips. And there are a bunch to choose from, but for me, the three that I feel like make the most sense and get used the most anyway, again, it will boil down to, to some RP as well. But a lot of times you see Guidance, Sacred Flame, and Toll the Dead. You see those three as the cantrip being used a lot because they're... They do some damage. Guidance can help out your group. So it's kind of well-rounded as those first cantrips that you pick from. And as far as RP goes, I see so many clerics take Thaumaturgy. Yeah. People who play clerics love that. <laughs> yeah, every spell casting class takes Thaumaturgy because yeah. they just they want to make it the lights flicker or noises everywhere. You know, you want to do the stuff you see. Yeah. That's, that's the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, again, again, take what is going to work with your character, your build, your group. But those are kind of the big ones you see. I, I know anyone who has watched Critical Role has saw that as Jester's build. That's kind of the three that she took early on. So, it's the common ones out there, but there's a, a fairly big list. I think there's around 10, uh, 8 to 10 that you can pick from. So, you got options. Yeah, Guidance and Sacred Flame for sure. Because especially early on, you don't have a ton of spell slots, so you're going to need something. And you've, of course, you've got at least medium armor, a shield, and a, a mace of some kind. So you can wait up right in the midst of combat. But in case you can't, or you're low on HP, or what have you, at least Sacred Flame is super good to have. But Toll of the Dead is another super popular one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Both of them require checks to be made, but you know, at low level. The monsters you're fighting have a lower percentage chance to make those saves, so they're they're still pretty safe. That's one thing I always take a look at 
we were just tonight talking about i built an, an artificer for a game that i'm going to kind of jump in as a as a guest for a, a day or maybe more later but for at least one session i'm going to jump in and, and be a guest and i was looking over this the cantrips and all those spells and i'm like there are so many that would be good to have but there are so many more that i need to build out my character because he is a, a gnome artificer who is a, a merchant. So he kind of goes, he's an armorer. So he goes around and he can build these items that are magical. And so he sells them. He's got his humunculus servant and he, servant carries all this stuff. <laughs> but I'm looking over this list and it's the same thing, you know, with the cantrips for the clerics. You know, there's stuff that's usable and then there's stuff that is usable by your character. So you have two different categories to look at. Cantrips are always the hardest things to choose for me. And I don't know why, because I you can't change your cantrips out when you change spells, can you? Not in most classes. That's what I figured, yeah. that they, they're sort of solidified. So whatever you pick needs to be what you're good with having the whole rest of the time you have that character for your whole career. So I think it, it, it's good to, to have stuff that's going to be at least useful or fun. Yeah, and there are... Some subclasses that allow you to pick additional cantrips or some feats that allow you to pick additional cantrips so you can gain more as you go. But you're right. when What you start with kind of starts to help design who your character is. So you want stuff not just as good in combat. I, I always, as a, a personal choice, I have to pick one cantrip that I know can do damage if I'm out of everything else. Yes, 100%. So you've got that one in there. And then from there on, I pick flavor. You know, what else is going to fit with my character and it may need to do damage it may need to be some healing you know when it made this artificer i don't know the makeup in the group i'm jumping into necessarily i don't know the each role i know they have a cleric but i wanted to have some healing in there as well i just want to be the support class that kind of because i'm just a guest i'm not gonna be with the party all the time i just want to jump in and do a little support you know so that's the kind of things you have to look at what what do you want to be your main focus of your character and what do you want to use as your rp yeah, that's those are the two important things because I my druid abuses druidcraft constantly, all kinds of unintended uses. But that's the fun stuff, you know. It, mm -hmm. you know, he's sort of a necromancer type, but we talk about him all the time. So he's got Eldritch Blast, and he can rely on that as much as he needs to. But for the fun type stuff, you know, message, prestidigitation, like I said, druidcraft. Those are the fun ones. Those are that's for flavor and for RP and just for doing cool stuff, you know. Well, that Druidcraft has come in handy in multiple situations now. I mean, it, it has been used in RP, but it has had lasting effects. Uh, again, we've talked about this campaign a lot, that it is a kingdom builder. And one of the things you guys were building was a farm. And, and you know, immediately he's using the Druidcraft to make the farm better and last longer and all these other things. So it's been a very useful, what most cons people would consider an RP spell. It's been very useful functionally as well. Yeah, I try to make good use of it. I mean, he has so many spells. Too many spells, maybe. <laughs> but I, I try to make really good use of all the little things that I have. And even if I just had it for, for earlier on in the game or, or what have you, it, it pays to, to pay attention to those choices and then try to really get the most out of them. And there's no shortage of that with the cleric. But clerics can change their prepared spells after each long rest. So if you if you want to move something in or out, you will know more spells than you can know in a day. So known versus prepared is one of those things you have to understand. So if you have something like our cleric didn't have speak with dead in there very often. She knew it. Yeah. But very little did she have it prepared for the day unless there was a specific reason for it. So that's an, another advantage for clerics is being able to, to kind of, we've talked about it before, build your kit out the way you need it for the day. <laughs> your loadout. Yeah. <laughs> your loadout. There you go. <laughs> Uh, clerics can also ritual cast spells that have that tag and that they have prepared for the day. And not all classes have that as a function, at least not right out the gate. Yeah, it's a, a really neat feature for them to be able to, to ritual cast a lot of the things that, you know, would take up a spell slot. And, and if you've got the time to do it, you just sit down, take your 10 minutes, ritual cast it, and be done with it. So I think that is a, a huge thing to keep in mind as you're building out and you're preparing your spells some you may intend only to be used as rituals so you know make sure you've got a spot for those if that's something that you intend to use for the day does ritual casting not cast a or cost a spell slot 
No, that's the whole point of it. I've never used a ritual spell. <laughs> so I yeah, that's why it's that's so really great. Neat. Instead of yeah, instead of that instantaneous cast, you take ten minutes to cast it, and it it doesn't take a spell slot from you. So very advantageous. That's beautiful. I'll have to remember that. Indeed, yeah. If you ever play a cleric, make sure you get those in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if I, I pick that feet up or whatever. Yeah, and then you get your channel divinity. This is what a cleric is known for. And this is where that uh, turn undead comes into play. So the very first channel divinity that you get, it's it's not anything to do with your subclass. You have turn undead. It's great at low levels, but then when you get to high levels, it kind of grows with you. But I still don't think you can turn over, a, I don't know, I'd have to spot check myself. But I don't think it goes over CR1 as far as what you can turn. So, you know, anything high level undead, it's kind of useless. Yeah, and I said that, like I said in the beginning, that it does get better. And like you said, it sort of does, but eventually, way down the line, it just sort of insta-kills lower level undead. Yeah, fifth level, you get destroy undead. So that, that's your advantage there, yes. Instead of turn and make them run away from you, you can just destroy them all. It's still old levels. but So you, you've got that mix there, and... You know, is is it useful? Yes, absolutely, because you will, in a undead campaign, will still fight a lot of low-level undeads. You will just have hordes of them to fight. So it's advantageous there, but it does lose its luster when you're fighting the big guys. You're not going to have any fun using turn undead against a lich. No, uh, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) Luckily, though, as you grow, and and by the time that 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 occurs, you'll have way better stuff in your arsenal to deal with those sort of things. Just spells in general and and items and what have you. Yeah, and your channel will also have grown. Mm -hmm. When you take a subclass, you get a channel along with that as well. So it could be various other things that we'll talk about once we get into some of the domains here in a few minutes. You can have a wide variety of channels, so you don't have to use that turn undead. It's still there if you need it, but I think they realized... There are a lot of campaigns that may never include undead. It's kind of a pointless skill if you're never going to be able to fight undead. So having those second types of channel divinities and those various other things that can grow and change the way that works for you was very important. If they didn't have those, it would almost be a wasted spot on your sheet. It definitely would. It's far too situational. I mean, it comes up a lot. I mean, how often do you not fight undead? It's it's pretty often, I think. But. I guess that's sort of true. It, it, I guess it really depends. But now that now that you say that, I guess you fight undead a, a fair amount. Yeah, I mean, in normal campaigns, normal not campaigns, ours, but yeah, <laughs> normal campaigns. Yes, you do. But uh, and then just like every other class, they start at fourth level to start getting their ability score increases. So you can either in- increase one by two or two different ability scores by one. Or pick a feat. So they, they get it at 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th. So not quite as many as the 7 you get as a fighter, but no, still quite a few opportunities. No, it's still plenty that probably by at least 8th level you've got wisdom maxed out. If not by 4th, but at least by at least by 8th you should have it. And then you can start picking up feats that complement whatever style of cleric you are. Or just keep pumping those stats up. If you're a tank, constitution. Yeah, absolutely. There are some good feats, and uh, consequently, we will be talking about them very soon. <laughs> but there are some good feats for just about every general class, but specialized for the cleric, I, don't, I can only think of maybe two that I would want 100% of the time have to have. There may be some that fit into, again, your RP and the way you're building your character, but I, I think you have more room in this to add on those ability scores versus the fighter where you could you could pick seven feats if you wanted to that could fit in really well. So that's why they have so many options because you, you kind of do need that to round out the character for one as a fighter, but I don't think Cleric necessarily needs those feats as much. No. I, I Well, I would say that something like Warcaster would be really good for a Cleric, sure. but they have the built-in shield focus, so you don't even really need it. But they, that leaves you plenty of room to bolster up your, your abilities. And then, of course, that trickles into your skill checks and saves and stuff like that. So it, it makes you an RP machine. Yeah, absolutely. And there are feats 
again, you know, we could look through the list and probably we'd say, oh yeah, that one, we'd name off two or three. But they're not as heavy focused on as, as other classes are. Their class is pretty well designed to be self-contained. And I think that's what makes it such a fun class to play. And one of the easier classes to play is it is so self-contained. Everything it needs to function well is built into the way it levels up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There are some feats that anybody could take and it would sure. be advantageous. But like you said, clerics, they come with what they need and generally what your party needs. So it always a safe choice, always useful. They definitely carry their own weight. Yeah, Plug and play, baby, right out of the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the last one that all clerics get at 10th level, you get Divine Intervention. Let me tell you. It's pretty neat. This could be one of the most broken abilities. <laughs> I mean, the chances are low. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. It's a 5% chance. But, well, I mean, it depends on your level. 5 to 20% chance, usually. Well, I guess 10. You can't get it to the 10th level. 10 to 20% chance. <laughs> but you basically get to ask your deity for a favor. Anything you want, as long as the DM approves. Ask them for a favor. Roll your percentile die. And if you roll lower than your cleric level, it happens. It's that simple. Pretty serious. It's a wish spell yeah. that you can use every day if you wanted to until you got it right. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's a lot of implications there. And I never see it used, ever. No, I've never seen someone cast it. I mean, I guess if you're trying to RP, you don't want to be asking your, your god or goddess for a favor every day. You'd be that annoying little person, you know, <laughs> tugging on their, their pants leg. Daddy, 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 I need this. But... You know, you're in the middle of a campaign and something happens and you need some help. Ask away. What I mean, if you fail the check, so what? Try it again tomorrow. And if you make it and you do get the intervention, you can try it again in seven days if you wanted to try for something else even. It's it's fairly broken. It is. And I think they probably they probably meant it for more like a in combat, like like, okay, everybody's dead. Please and like bring some of them back or like we're almost all dead like please heal us or something you know that sort of thing it makes it it's going to happen a lot less you know what i mean like you can just do it every day if you want something mundane or something outside of combat type deal but if you're in a really tight spot and you need to ask your god for something like the chance is pretty low but if he could they you know they could come through but yeah I I don't think it get used gets used enough. I mean, even even like you say, use it in battle. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, can you help us out here, God? I need yeah. some help. Why <laughs> not give it a I'm shot? I'm all alone. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. The final hail Mary, hail Mary. Why wouldn't you try it? Yeah. I mean, if you if a wizard or somebody had access to wish at tenth level, they would be abusing it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> be over with. Yeah. It, it would be too much to deal with all the time. That poor DM. But that rounds out the basics of your cleric. Then you've got to get into your specializations, what they call your divine domain. So clerics get the advantage of getting to choose this at level one versus level two or three from almost every other class. And that makes clerics prime for multiclassing. Mm -hmm. If you need a, a, a huge, and I mean a, a, an incredible amount of uh, abilities and, and spell casting and all of this for just one level dip, which is if you're into multiclassing, you you know this already. But that one dip into cleric and you get a, a an entire domain's worth of advantages. It's ridiculous. And with the UA, they're trying to remedy that. Yeah, one D and D. This is why they're they're moving everything to third level. As far as all the the subclasses for every class will be third level. And I get it because it is abused. But honestly, I don't see that many in in our games. Again, I'm sure it happens out there a lot because there are a lot of min-maxers out there. Yeah. We, we won't kid ourselves. There are a lot <laughs> of power gamers. We, we just don't have those types of tables. So I don't always see it. So I understand why they're trying to do it. I don't like it, but I understand <laughs> why they're trying to do it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's been like this for so long. I think there's a... A small enough, like you said, there are power gamers and min-maxers out there, but I think it's a pretty small minority of people who play. And as we've talked about it, if that's your table, then that's your table. 
let people play they want to want to play. If the DM doesn't want you to do it, the DM will tell you no, not you can't do that. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think Wizards has to be the police, but I'm not going to get on my soapbox. That's all I'm going to say. It's like <laughs> I'll just say this and we can move on. It's like trying to balance a video game based on the way speedrunners play. Mm, You're not helping yes. anybody. <laughs> no. Just just let people have fun their own way. That's all you need yeah. to do. But the player's handbook came with seven different domains. That's a lot. It's quite a few. Most had like three subclasses, but you had seven when this game came out. And they were all kind of based around a lot of different schools of magic and and the way they focused. So I can see that, but it it was a bunch. So you, you had plenty of options always as a cleric. Yeah, and they've continued to expand upon these. I mean, there's a a ridiculous amount of choices now it's like being a kid in a candy store trying to figure out which domain you want to pick yeah it's at least doubled from when it came out it's yeah it's insane amount of stuff to choose from and that's not even counting the unofficial uas and all the other stuff that's out there because yeah it gets deep yeah and it, they're all worth it oh 100%. they're all, they all play completely different yes it's fantastic so each domain gets certain spells at first third fifth seventh and ninth levels that's kind of one of the main draws of your domain, you get free learned spells that fit into whatever that domain is. So, you know, whether it be something life-based or whatever else, you know, it, it kind of just defines what that domain is all about. And that, that keeps your early game chock full of of new things for you to do and try and, and things to help your party out. Not all classes are like that, but clerics are, they only get stronger, obviously, as as you level up but they get a ton of stuff just in their first 10 levels. And that is super nice. Yeah, your spell book can get pretty full early on as you start leveling up because you'll gain additional spells as well that you can choose. So you should not have an issue with knowing enough spells. Now, you might run out of spell slots when you cast them, sure, but you should know enough spells, that's for sure. So the first cleric domain that we want to talk about is probably the most commonly chosen especially for, you know, people who are starting out, the life domain. Yep. It's the one that comes free if you sign up to D&D Beyond yeah. and you try to go through. That's that's what you're getting, the life domain. And it for good reason, it's the typical cleric. Yep. It's When you think of a cleric, it's a life domain cleric. I, I can promise you that. Just straight up healing. Yeah. Focus on healing spells with cure wounds, revivify, raise dead. That's just straight out of your domain spell list. So... You know, there's tons of other things in there. I think you get two at each level that you, at first, third, fifth, seventh, and ninth, you get two. So, yeah, you know, if you want to heal people, this is where you go, life domain. Yep, this is the domain for you. Uh, at level one, which, and the UA is going to change this. Presumably. Presumably, we'll yeah, out, yeah, based on what they've released so far. At level one, you gain heavy armor proficiency, making you an incredibly effective tank at level one. Mm-hmm. If you can afford that armor, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're pretty good already. The shield and that armor, you can get a 20 or more. Yeah, it's pretty serious, but that's one of those things that uh, if you're going to be, uh, whether you're going to be a tank or you're just going to be pri- primarily a, a healer for your party, having heavy armor right out the gate is in- incredibly good. I mean, you're definitely going to be sparsely hit. Yeah, just don't try to sneak anywhere. No, <laughs> no, that's going to be your downfall. <laughs> clink, clink, clink. <laughs> but Disciple of Life right up the gate gives you better healing at level one, adding two plus your spells level to all your healing magic. So if you're casting a level one spell, it's going to add plus three to all the healing that you're doing. So it, it again, Life Domain refocuses back on that ability of the cleric to heal. Absolutely. The Life Domain's channel divinity is Preserve Life, which allows you to restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. You can choose any creature within 30 feet of you and divide those hit points amongst them. That adds up pretty quick. It does, and it's good for if you're in a pinch and everybody's taking damage, then it or just one or two people have taken a hefty amount. I'm glad I'm reading this. Man, I got to talk to my <laughs> cleric and my other... <laughs> in my other game <laughs> are, are they live domain yeah mm. see it's sometimes getting those clerics to come off of that healing man they yeah. just they don't like to let it loose they'll have like <laughs> one spell slot and they're like well i use it on guiding bolt i'm like you can't heal us at all they're like no <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
Yeah, you've got that built-in scapegoat you can come back to. I mean, you think about it, at, at level 5, you can drop 25 points of healing on somebody with your channel divinity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can drop it all on one, or you can split it up however you need to around the party. So it, it may not be something that brings you back to full health, but it definitely keeps you going in the middle of a fight, for sure. It's a whole lot better than nothing, I'm telling you that right now. Oh, man, it's a whole lot better than regular cure wounds. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Then you start to level up a little. Sixth level gives you Blessed Healer, which heals you by two plus the spells level each time you heal someone else. Which is a good incentive to actually be using those healing spells. Yeah. You need a little top off on your health? Well, let me heal somebody else and I'll get a little kickback. Yeah. That that reverb. That's good because, like you said, sometimes it's hard to get them to come off that healing. I mean, your life domain, what else are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, again, it goes back to, did you pick the subclass that you really wanted to specialize around? Or did you not even know? I I know a lot of newbies, when they start out, they don't understand all the options you have, especially if they don't have the other books. They they might not understand all the options that you can choose from, and they just think, well, I've heard this is a cleric, so this is the way I'm going to play it. So, you know, as, as we always say, get with your DM as you're creating your characters, Talk through it. Make sure you understand all the options because you might be missing out on the the things you need to play the character the right way. The way you want to play anyway. Not the right way. There's never a right way. No. Just the way you want to play. <laughs> yeah. What, as long as you're having fun. We say that a hundred times every podcast. Is, as long as you're having fun. But, but make sure that you're not handicapping yourself by underutilizing certain things that your class comes with because it can it can enrich all aspects of gameplay. Yeah, and this is why spellcasters are not always the best class to start out with because Mm -hmm. you very quickly get the snowball effect of things you can do every turn. Your spell list grows, your innate abilities or domain abilities grow, so you've got this list of 10 things you can do every turn and you're you're just kind of paralyzed by it. You know, choosing something, you're like, what do I do? Should I save this? I don't know. How many fights are we going to have today? Ah, spells. It's tough. It's tough out there for a spellcaster, for a full caster. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to start out early on as a caster, I think a cleric is still pretty one of the safe ones to play. I would say so. It definitely not damage-focused, but otherwise, if, if you're not just the only thing that gets you by in life is big damage numbers, then a cleric will satisfy a lot of those niches for you. But yeah, that especially, you know, comes into focus at level eight when you get Divine Strike. You're basically your first smite. You come out and you get 1d8 radiant damage when you land an attack once per turn. You can use it even. So, you know, you can really start to add up your ability to create damage there. But then it doubles at 14th level to 2d8. But again, it's basically your smite for clerics. Yeah, it is. But it doesn't cost you anything doesn't cost you anything. So it's like sneak attack damage for <laughs> for clerics. Yes. Hey, that basically, yes. <laughs> but it, it adds that little... We've talked about it. It adds that little bit of damage potential. You've gotten here to level 8 now. You've got your party <laughs> alive through the squishy era. Yes. And now you might not have to always be casting a spell to heal people. So now you get to start buffing up that damage that you can do. Yeah. Then you definitely aren't relegated to sort of you know, the back, just tossing spells out. Now you can really wait up in amongst them and, and swing that hammer, whatever, whatever you've got. We'd love a smite. Oh, yeah. Give me a smite every day of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> then at 17th level, they get supreme healing, which allows max healing on all healing spells that require dice rolls. Oh, my goodness. Don't even need to roll. It's just max. You get a heal, and you get a heal, and you get a heal. That's beautiful. <laughs> It's beautiful. A high-level mass cure wounds, and it's everybody's just chilling again. Maxed out. I mean, you've got a lot of hit points at 17th level, but yeah, you, you can do some really good healing at that level. But that's your basic life domain. That's your basic cleric that everyone thinks about when you hear the word cleric. The next one we'll talk about is a little bit of the reversal. It's the war domain. You want to go smash a few things? This is the way to go. Yeah, War Domain is going to be your your DPS, your damage tank, much less focused on support. You'll still have those options, everything inherent within the Cleric class. But the War Domain is, is for people who want to really get in there and, and give their fighter a run for their money. 
Yeah, they're more focused on damage with spells like Magic Weapon, Spirit Guardians, Flame Strike, things they can increase the damage from weapons that are already out there or add additional weapons to the battlefield. So again, they really do focus on, hey, almost like a paladin, hey, I'm going to come smite you almost every time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. No siree. No. They gain proficiency with heavy armor, just like Life Domain, but also martial weapons. There's your sword swingers. There it is. Are you happy now? Now you can use a sword. Yes, it's perfect. That is, I think, where a lot of people might get confused and say, well, this doesn't sound like a cleric anymore. Well, I mean, this is the wonderful thing about 5e that we started talking about at the beginning. They are so diverse with the things they can do. Even your cleric now can be your main tank. If everyone else wants to play squishy casters that's fine have a party of wizards and put your cleric up front and they will tank for you and heal you it's the way to go also it's we talked about before how paladins they have light healing abilities but that they're really more damage oriented but a a war cleric has all of the healing capabilities of a cleric and maybe not quite the damage of a paladin but they're they still do a a decent amount, enough to enough to really count. Yeah, those paladins are most likely singing, swinging their big, uh, great swords, great axes, so they might do a little bit more damage in the long run. Sure. But they definitely can't keep up in the healing category, normally speaking, nor are they trying to. Yeah. I don't know many paladins that are really trying to be your primary healer. No, they definitely, it's nowhere close. You can't shake a stick at the, the healing abilities of a cleric. So at first level, you get War Priest as a War Domain, which allows you to make an additional weapon attack as a bonus action. Just straight up? Just straight up. I swing as my action, and then I will bonus action swing again. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, that, that in, that's doubling your damage, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it's, again, you're focusing on being a tank. This is you absorbing damage and giving damage. That's what this domain is about. Makes sense to me. I think it, it's definitely one of those things where you know, fighters make good tanks, mm -hmm. but this is really well suited for that sort of thing. Yeah, unless you want to go like Eldritch Knight fighter, mm. you you can't really come close to to something the way. And, and Eldritch Knight's not going to heal you either, and they're half casters, so it's they true. only get you know fifth level spells. So, uh, yeah, a war domain, and I again, it's one of these things you rarely see. You just don't see them out there in the wild that often. No. They, they can do it for you. If you're looking to play a fighter, but you don't have a cleric in the party, <laughs> maybe think about going War Domain Cleric. So their channel divinity is Guided Strike, which can give you a plus 10 to hit. That's pretty serious. Plus 10 at level 1. That's I mean, You're going to hit. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not going to miss very often. That kobold sure. is pulp. <laughs> yeah, that that is just phenomenal. You know, and it, it, again, it, as it levels up, or kind of, it doesn't level up. It turns into, you get another ability at 6th level to be War God's Blessing, which allows you to grant that bonus to anyone within 30 feet that you see. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if you don't want to, to use that yourself, but you really need the fighter to hit this turn, then you just give the blessing to him. And only at level 6, that's, that's really sweet. Yeah, I mean, a plus 10 at any point yeah. is phenomenal, but that early, it does make it very difficult to miss. I can't believe you see so few War Domain clerics. You know, it, again, it's one of those things where I think so many people just really focus in on a cleric is supposed to be a cleric, mm -hmm. and they don't realize how many options. I mean, we're going to get into briefly touching on a lot of the really far out ones that, that have come from other books that weren't in the, the original ones that are just amazing. There are I know they're in some of our top fives. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's so many domains for clerics that just make them other classes, basically that can heal. It's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Uh, if you're ever questioning what should I play, and you're okay with being able to heal, just to pick a cleric, pick a good domain. <laughs> Never thought I would be saying that. Like, if you don't know what to play. But, you, you know, you have sort of an idea. Just pick a cleric. You'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, that's the beauty. Again, we say it several times now. Beauty of 5th edition. Everything is versatile depending on your subclass. It's a beautiful thing. So at 8th level, 
War Domain Clerics also get Divine Strike, just like Life Domain Clerics do. So we've already covered that. Yeah, it's a pretty common theme in most of the domains as you get that Divine Strike. And again, in 1D&D, in the UAs they've got put out, they're looking at, at changing that. They're taking Divine Strike out and adding it in. I think it was like a third level ability you got now that changed a little bit, but it was basically the same thing. And they were just making it, it wasn't involved in a domain. They're just taking it out and giving it to the cleric straight up. There were quite a few things that they were sort of doing like that. Yeah, there were some that almost every domain had. And so it just made sense. Just take them out of the domain and give them straight away to the cleric and then put something else in the domain. I yeah. Think that made more sense. So at 17th level, they get Avatar of Battle. That provides resistances to piercing, slashing, and bludgeoning damage from non-magical attacks. And now it sounds really great. I haven't met anything above level 13 that didn't have a magic <laughs> weapon. Yeah, at, at level 17, you might find some, some lower level creatures you might run into that are going to be like that. But almost everything is going to be magical at that point. So, it sounds okay. And you can call yourself an avatar of battle. It's great. That's That might be the coolest <laughs> part about that. Right. I try to catch you with that all the time because my druid has a form that makes him immune to non-magical damage. And I'm like, do, yeah. these, ba- do these bandits have magic weapons? You're like, yeah, they do. Like, Constantly. Right. That's the question. All right. You take damage. <laughs> Is it magical damage? <laughs> yeah, you guys are level 13, so mm, you guys are getting to that realm where... Everything you're fighting is probably rich enough or have found something that is going to be magical. Yeah, and even if it's just a plus one weapon, it, you know, it, that still yep. counts. It's all it takes. All it takes. But that that's the war domain. And again, it, it focuses on being a warrior that has some healing abilities. So you're, you're really in the domain almost of pulling a, a paladin is what you are at this point. Uh, mix up a fighter and a paladin. So, But I love it. I'd love to play one. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So next we've got the Trickery Domain. A lot of people are familiar. That's Jester from Critical Role Mighty Nine. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just based on the way she plays Jester, I mean, <laughs> it's a trip. Yeah, this one, again, focuses on being outside of the box and being a little bit of the thief almost so again as you look through those domains they've taken other classes and kind of pulled them into the cleric's purview and that's what they did here so this one is focused on stealth and infiltration with spells like the sky self pass without a trace and dimension door can't go wrong with those yeah i mean dimension door yourself in your disguise as somebody else i mean it really is that's the way it, it's focused around is someone that i could definitely see would be in the thief's guild yeah, every Thieves Guild needs a trickery domain cleric. Mm, absolutely. I mean, who who's going to heal all those sneaky rogues if you don't have one? <laughs> Hopefully they're good enough rogues to not be getting hit all that much, but mm, I digress. Only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fantasy. This is reality. Right. Rogues take damage. Sorry about they do. it. <laughs> So Trickery Domain comes with Blessing of the Trickster, which lets you grant advantage on stealth checks to someone you touch for the next hour. Very handy. Pretty good if you've got a rogue. I imagine you can you can put it on yourself, can't you? I don't think you can. You know, I think you're right, because I don't think I ever saw Jester use it on herself. She always used it on Not. Yeah, I do not think. A lot of these, you get into giving abilities away, a lot of them you cannot do to yourself. You have to do them to someone else, which kind of sucks. But it's understandable, too. I mean, they've already got other things they're focused on and they can do to help themselves be sure. sneaky. So, you know, give it away to somebody else. Yeah, and, and you picked a support class, so it's it's mm-hmm. pretty fair. Yes, in the end, no matter what you can do, a cleric is still considered a support class. Yeah, DPS support, tank support, it all still fits into the same, the same box. Yeah, then you get your channel divinity, which... If anybody that's watched Critical Role, <laughs> invoke duplicity. <laughs> you create an illusionary <laughs> duplicate of yourself for up to a minute. Very handy. Super handy. She used it all the time. All the time. Constantly. Like, constantly, yes. Every battle, there were two jesters on the field. 
Yeah. And why not? Without fail. Yeah. I, I, can, I can always use more Jester. You kidding me? <laughs> it's one of the best characters I think they've created so far. Yeah. Jester really stands out. <laughs> yep. Then at sixth level, you get Cloak of Shadows, which lets you become invisible until the end of your turn. That's very helpful as well. It follows the same invisibility rules, though. So if you make an attack on somebody or other things like that, you would come back to visibility right away. But otherwise, it's until the end of your next turn. Still pretty sweet, though. And then again, like the other two we've talked about, 8th level, get your Divine Strike. So you get a little smite damage in there. Never anything wrong with that. No. And then at 17th level, you get improved duplicity, letting you create four duplicates of yourself. Mm-hmm. Four gestures, all right. I could not imagine. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be chaos incarnate right there. Of course, that's what she was made to be, but... Oh, God. And she did it so well. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, if you've not watched Critical Role and you're new to this wonderful game of Dungeons & Dragons, go check them out. It's Absolutely. fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. But that's your trickery domain. And again, very well named. That's what they're kind of there for, to be that roguey type cleric, the support class for your rogues and other infiltrators. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a niche role that you're fitting there. But I mean, if you want to be a rogue that can heal, then there you go. That's it. Absolutely. And then we'll very quickly break down all the other ones that have been added. Uh, well, actually the rest from the Player's Handbook and the ones that have been added. Uh, the other ones from the Player's Handbook were the Tempest Cleric, which was basically, you had spells like Ice Storm, Sleet Storm, Call Lightning, and you got Fly at 17th level. So you were Thor. I, I was just going to say that. Yep. <laughs> if you wanted to be Thor, then you're a Tempest Cleric. A hundred percent. Just smash him with a big hammer and fly around. Call it a day. Then you had the Light Domain, which was things like Burning Hands, Wall of Fire, Fireball even, and they could harness sunlight with their divinities. So... Never a bad thing there if you wanted to be a cleric, but still drop a fireball on people. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. <laughs> nope. Let me burn you, and then I will heal you. Never. <laughs> Probably. That's actually pretty useful when you think about how often fireball gets cast in a tiny room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You might need those. <laughs> <laughs> then you had the nature domain, which was things like speak with animals, spark skin, insect plague, along with charming animals. So It's your druid cleric. <laughs> Yeah, just pick again. a druid if you're going to just play druid. Yeah, they do it better, and they have the healing there, so yeah. nature, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then you had knowledge, which was identify, speak with dead, scrying, and you could even read thoughts. So it was, it was kind of the one that was kind of out there and didn't just pull from another class, I think, of, of the seven original ones. I think that's fair. It's it's still its own thing. It doesn't quite call from from anything else. Yeah, and it felt more to me as I was looking through it like an RP domain more than a functional, going to help you out in battle, do all those kind of things. It, it, it did not lend itself to be great. In that instance, in battle, you're going to be healing people. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, but, you know, a little boost to your RP is it's always good. Yeah, I never fault anyone who is going to Really dive into a class just for RP. Uh, perfectly fine with that. It definitely has a place at my table, 100%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Tasha's Cauldron, which they kind of really changed the game when it came out. They added three more domains. So you had the Twilight Domain, which was based around things like Sleep, Leoman's Tiny Hut, Greater Invisibility, and you could grant temporary HP or remove things like Charmed or Frightened from your team. So, again... Twilight based around kind of sleep stuff. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Moon cleric. Yeah, almost. Yeah, almost. Something Close. like that. <laughs> <laughs> then you had the peace domain, which casts things like sanctuary, beacon of hope, greater restoration, and that you heal and teleport friends around the battlefield. That is definitely going to be more in line with something like a, a straight up healer, but just with a little more utility. Yeah, these are for those clerics who swore off combat almost you know they're the the pacifists they come in there and like yeah i will travel with you just to keep you safe yeah i'm not getting mixed up in all that but i'll make sure that you live <laughs> yeah it, and not a bad thing to have you know because then they might actually focus on healing yeah 
Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, and then the last one from Tasha's was The Order. And it was Zone of Truth, slow, dominate person, and you could charm and curse enemies. So that was kind of the crowd control of the bunch. Yeah, and I'm like I said, it, if you're lumping the cleric into sort of like a support role, then some good, you know, some CC, it never hurts. Always good to have. Yeah, I think every party benefits from having somebody who has at least a little bit of crowd control because you're going to get overwhelmed at some point. You're going to fight more monsters than you have people to fight them, and crowd control is definitely needed. I think some people, especially when it comes to combat and stuff like that, I, th- I think if it's like if you're not healing or attacking or casting a spell, well, I guess this falls under casting a spell, but if you're not attacking, dealing damage, or healing, repairing damage, then you're not really doing anything. Or I think it feels like that. But there are lots of things that you can do that isn't going to outright kill somebody that are really going to help your party out, especially in, in, in a situation, like you said, where there's a ton of monsters or, or there's one really big one and he needs to come down a couple pegs so that you can whoop him. You know, anything like that. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to be the hero. They want to be the one that gets the killing blow and does all the big damage. But you can't all be that person. You need a well-rounded party to survive. Yeah. Uh, all the players out there that are willing to fill that role... You have my respect. A hundred percent. Then we moved on to Xanathar's Guide. They added two more. So they added the Grave Cleric. We've all seen that one played before. If you watch CR and you, you see Caduceus, that's your Grave Cleric. They cast things like Bane, Vampiric Touch, Death Ward, and you can sense the presence of undead in an area. So again, it was very well played. Again, if you haven't seen that mm-hmm. version in Critical Role, it's definitely fun to take a look at how it's played. Then the Forge Cleric was added. So you have things like Searing Smite, Heat Metal, Creation, and they had Resistance to Fire along with additional AC. This one felt like a combination. It, it had some some things that could do extra damage, but a lot of it felt, again, almost like an RP class. Definitely. The Forge Cleric is, is, is a really cool concept. And so being able to do the things that... It's not like all that these things are are just things that the Forge Cleric can do. But giving a Cleric these abilities, it's, it sort of reminds me as like the channel divinity that they get and stuff like that. It feels like an Artificer Cleric, sort of. Mm-hmm, yeah. In some ways, not not totally, but... Yeah, focused around being a blacksmith, creating items, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of combat, that is that definitely is where they could shine. Yeah, yeah, Forge Clerics are cool. And then the last couple that got added, the Dungeon Master's Guide actually added one. They gave us the death one. Death domain focused things were like Ray of Sickness, Ray of Enfeeblement, Cloud Kill, and you could deal additional necrotic damage on your attacks. So it was it was a pretty neat little thing, but it felt almost, I don't know, it felt almost like you could, again, you could be a druid and do these things way better. Yeah, it, there, there are better choices for stuff that is more cleric-centric. Whereas stuff like this or like the nature, maybe just think about, you know, <laughs> rolling druid or whatever whatever case it is based on what the, the domain is sort of trying to emulate. And just weigh your options, you know, because clerics are fantastic. But if, if you're going to a certain domain just for the certain things that that offers, just, you know, it's worth it's worth a thought. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you also had uh, the Sword Coast Adventure Guide added in the uh, Arcana domain, which again was, was a little weird. It had Magic Missile, Dispel Magic, Teleportation Circle, and you had uh, Turning and Banishing Celestials, Elementals, Phase, Fiend Creatures. So it wasn't undead. So this almost felt like a wizard. Like this is, this is adding a wizard with some healing. So yeah. it felt kind of weird. It does feel a lot like that. Kind of strange. I mean, not a bad thing if you're lacking both of those in your group and you want to combine them. Not a sure. bad thing. Yeah, I could see that. But different. And then the last one, the Teldori campaign guide added in the blood domain, which gave you haste, slow, hold monster, and you could control enemies' movements and attacks. This one was pretty neat. Of course, most of them that they've come up with from, from the Critical Role group have been very interesting. But the blood magic, yeah, allowed you to like go in and take over, not like dominate person, but take over them and they knew what you were doing to them. They just couldn't stop you from like making you attack people 
and various other things. So it was a really, really neat spin on a cleric. It's like a bloodbender cleric. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, definitely one of the more interesting options that they had out there. So definitely, you know, that's the official published ones anyway. All of them that they have out there. There are a bunch of others that were put out by people who work at Wizards of the Coast and put out like through Twitter and other stuff. There were a bunch that were thrown out there through UAs, but you know, we'd be here all night if we're going to focus mm-hmm. on all that. So there's a lot. <laughs> so instead, we're going to stop there, and then we're just going to give you our top five real quick that we think are the best subclasses for the cleric. Do you want to go ahead and start us, Blake? Sure. So in fifth for me, we've got the war domain. Mm -hmm. Very self-explanatory, fantastic. Four, I had Twilight, but I'm going to change that to Blood. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Twilight is really cool, but but the the Blood cleric is is pretty cool. A lot of it is just flavor for me. Sure. Number three is Tempest because Thor, enough mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, Grave. And last, Death because who doesn't want to be a Death Domain Cleric? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Death Cleric. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, a Death Druid. So anywhere I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> it tracks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mine are very close. I think for me, though, I don't know, change a little bit here as we go too, as we talked about them. <laughs> I think we've convinced each other on better things. I think so. Uh, but my fifth one was the trickery domain, just because, and, and I think it's more the iconicness of thinking about Jester in my head yeah. and how much fun she had with that that character. I think trickery domain is really fun. It's out of the box, and it, who doesn't like to be sneaky? So I like that one a lot. Then for me, the fourth is war domain, because I want to smack things and do it better than a paladin can. And then three for me was the nature, but I'm going to change that one as well. That one, I think for me, I'm going to change the Tempest as well. Because, okay. Yes. Thor, right? Yes. You Absolutely. can't leave Thor off your top fives. That would be a criminal. <laughs> so the second one for me, again, Grave, just like what you had. But the number one for me, I think would be the most fun, is the Arcane. I think mixing really? that. Yeah. Think about taking a wizard and putting him in full plate with a shield. I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, you have all these restrictions as this squashy little wizard, but no, put me on the front line with a mace, and then I'm going to cast, you know, wizard spells like magic missile and everything at you on, on top of that. So as far as fun, yeah, I feel like that would be the best for me. It'd be number one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful choice. So, you know, make sure you tell us in, in our social medias, in the comments, tell us about your favorite subclass. Tell us about a time that you had a lot of fun playing your cleric and let us know. We'd love to hear back from you guys. It's always interesting to see how everybody else plays these things. Yeah, because there's there's so many ways and there's no wrong way. So we want to hear your ideas, hear your experiences. It greatly enriches this for us. It does. That's kind of why we do this. We love hearing other people's stories. We love hearing how much fun people have with the game. So, you know, if if you're enjoying it, let us know. We do these things, and we have fun talking, but we want to know you're having fun listening as well. Absolutely. So that pretty much wraps up the cleric. I think we've dove about as deep as you could dive. We hit the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but that there's a lot of information in there. It's, again, a very fun class to play. You do not have to just be a healer, as we've kind of just talked about here, just even name our top five. You don't have to be that healer. You can have it in the back if you need it. And go out there and have fun. Be Thor. Be a little trickster. Be whatever you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. Just roll cleric. That's what my mama always told me. (laughs) Be whatever you want to be. So next week, we kind of alluded to it earlier, we're going to dive into feats. F-E-A-T. Not the F-E-E-T's. That's a whole other thing. I'm a huge fan of feats. Oh. Oh, Oh. different. Different feat. Okay. Wrong. Wrong Wrong. crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? So... Well, <laughs> never so mind. <laughs> we're going to dig into feats, what they are, what the best ones are out there for every class and then even for specializations. And we will talk about all of that next week on the Crypt of Knowledge. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>